Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Scott Anthony Christie. The house is now open. Would you please take your seats as this performance of the Reject or Recall podcast is about to begin. Hello everyone, this is Scott Anthony Christie coming to you with a brand new episode of the Reject or Recall podcast, the show where I invite people from the creative industries to dish out their pet peeves and get them rejected from our wonderful industry for good. Well, hopefully. Whether you're an actor, a writer, a producer, a theatre-goer, comedian, a wrestler, or singer, trust me, no matter what creative industry that you're in, everyone's going to have a pet peeve that they want to get out the door. And that's uh, not just talking for myself. But we're not talking about me today, we are talking to our wonderful guests. And today is a real special one for you guys. If you're into theatre and producing, you are not going to want to miss this one because I am joined by the artistic director of Theatre Nanog, who is behind some great shows such as Tom Jones the Musical, Eye of the Storm, and most recently, which is coming up to the end of the run now, Shirley Valentine. And guys, honestly, I had a real joy talking to this lady here. Very insightful and some great points were raised. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's get on and talk to Gaina Styles. My first question is, how have you managed to readapt to being back into the rehearsal room, especially considering seeing how COVID is being lifted now, things are getting back to normality. So how have you adjusted to basically having two years off? I think the main thing is that how difficult it's been going back because my stamina isn't there anymore. You know, I, I need a, like a nanny nap around about three o'clock. So <laughs> rehearsals have got really short, you know. Um, it's it's because I think, you know, we've been home, for, you know, we were home for most of that first year, weren't we? And so, mm. you know, we've all got, I got really relaxed and quite enjoyed working from home mm. and all that. And then, but you do, you know, I did miss creating work but I was really lucky you know we'd we decided as a company to employ and work with freelancers just tr- basically delegate all the work out and I'm quite a control freak normally so I was like oh I'm not sure about this but I basically just delegated all the work out to these freelancers who were incredible <laughs> and um we managed to do we were so productive that year and it was fantastic as well because you didn't feel as if you were under any scrutiny. It was just about, let's just get work out there for our audiences, for our school's audiences. And it was absolutely joyous. And I would mm. imagine, you know, actually it was probably one of the best times I've had in my working career, really, <laughs> strangely. <laughs> um, but I think now coming back out of it, things have definitely changed. And, you know, it's, you just feel that, you've missed these the two years have gone like you don't you know they're just like there's not like oh remember when we did that in 2020 you just can't think Mm. of our time it was just pre-pandemic and post-pandemic now and um yeah and I think I think the way we treat people is you know we were talking about it actually just before the pandemic how we need to look after people in the workplace and things like that you know especially tech teams when they're you know, opening a show, there's never any food for them. They're, they're always running around going to Greg's before it shuts and you know, <laughs> things like this, you know, people not eating properly. And so that was a conscious thing that we decided to do before, but now it's really ramped it up and we definitely will, you know, and are doing it as well with our mm. teams, you know. Um, but yeah, and a lot of a lot of great people have left the industry as well. And 
you know, you just think, just hope that the 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 people that are coming through now through the colleges are going to have to learn really, really quickly. They're going to be given an awful lot of um, responsibility, and you know that they will need to just jump on that really. So it's it's going to be a quite an interesting time the next couple of years, I think. That was going to transition into my next point, like how a lot of people, not just in the acting industry or theatre industry, like um, for myself, like I wrestle as well and do like other creative outlets. And a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, like for those two years, they thought, is it really worth sticking to? And then they just um, pack it all in. But it's just really nice to see that people like yourself and Theatre Nanorg and other professionals are still plodding away and still trying to keep up a positive mindset, I think, anyway. It's weird, actually, because just before the pandemic I was really lucky to go out to um to do our, one of our shows out in Indonesia in Makassar and oh, wow. when you're out there there's so there's not really a professional theater scene so a lot of the people there are like either DJing they tech they sound people they they do textiles they do drumming they just do a variety of things and I was like oh this is like a little jack of all trades master of none going on here do you know what I mean but <laughs> actually I think there's something to be said for that. I think the more you can bring to the table when you're in the rehearsals, mm. you know, those little, you know, and this, you're not, and I think that's what people have found, isn't it? It's like, actually, I can do this. I can, I've got a skill in this way. And it's just not to be just one thing. And somebody actually said, they use a phrase called a portfolio of talents or Ooh. a portfolio of skills. <laughs> and I think that's quite interesting that you're just bringing more than just your acting ability or your singing ability or your, you know, so I just, I find it's, I think it's going to be quite enlightening then as we go forward, really. I don't know about you when you've ever held auditions in the past and then people have uh, done a speech, done a song, and they might have knocked it out of the park. But then you ask them, it's like, so what else do you like to do when you're not acting? It's like, oh, my God, existential crisis. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Then you have somebody there. It's like, well, I like skateboarding. Yeah, tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Really strangely, there was... um, we were auditioning for um, a musical we were doing um, about Tom Jones and a, a, an actor came in and oh, he was lovely, such a lovely actor. And um, I said, oh, so what, what have you been doing? He said, well, actually, he said, I did an astrophysics course in Cardiff. I didn't first, I did that. And I was like, oh my God. And I was just at that time writing Eye of the Storm, which was all about science and things. Yeah. And I just knew then, I thought, I'm definitely going to see him for that show. Because I think that's the thing, isn't it? You just don't know where... You know, I'm, I'm casting one particular production, I'm casting one particular role, but actually I'm looking at, you know, for the future as well, what other people mm. I'd like to work with, like, they may not be right for that particular role, but they, you know, they've come across really well and they're, you know, interesting beyond just the theatre world, really. So, so yeah. He was a lovely actor, yeah. Dan Miles, his name is. He's fantastic. There we are, Dan. If you listen to that, you get a shout out from Gina there. And also a little uh, thing for you actors and creatives out there. If you get a rejection from an audition or something, don't think of it as a no. Think of it, they might think about you for something else. So there's always that. That happens all the time. We, you know, when somebody we go, no, oh, they were lovely. What a lovely person to have and lovely energy in the room. They leave the room. And then I'll be talking to like whether it's the other directors I work with, like Dan or Phil, you know, and saying, oh, actually, you're not good for this, but God, they'd be brilliant for that part, you know. Exactly. And so it's, you know, and sometimes it's a little bit embarrassing. I've I've called some actors back about three or four times because I just not that I just like love seeing them in the room, but it's just because I'm thinking, well, how can I get to work with them? You know, yeah. it's that really, you know. So hmm. so yeah. Well, I was reading the Golden Rules of Acting um, by Andy Nyman, and literally in his thing, he says along the lines, the casting directors want you to solve their problem. They want to cast you. It's just the case that somebody else comes in. It's like, 
well, they kind of fit a bit better. So it's not like they don't want to cast you at all. So oh, Exactly, yeah. But unfortunately, we can't have an ensemble of a million actors, otherwise there'd be no room on stage. It's now time to decide what you would rather. Now, don't be greedy, you're only allowed one. Would you rather watch a comedy or a drama? Oh, that's really hard. <laughs> Like right now, in this moment, if you thought, right, I got, I could go see Ticket. Or I, you can go see Ticket? Yeah, you just spend the whole show looking at that ticket, not the actual show. <laughs> if you yeah. could get tickets to watch any show, that's what I meant to say. Okay, um, I would go for a drama. Ooh, any of the spring um, to mind straight away? I would go for an Arthur Miller I play, I, because I don't, I, mm. I, I haven't actually seen enough of his work and... I'm sort of slightly obsessed because I just find his place just absolutely stunning. And so mm. I would definitely go and see a well-produced and acted Arthur yeah. Miller film. As soon as you say Arthur Miller, I just think back to The Crucible. No matter how many times I watch it or read it, I'm just like, I love it. Uh, it's, 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 you know, and I saw A View From Bridge and All My Sons quite recently, just before the pandemic and things. And I just, I was just in awe, really. So I feel as if I need to... See more Arthur Miller. So I would say Arthur Miller. Not a uh, theatre-related one, although depending on your creative process. Coffee shop or pub? Pub. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it does make the uh, creativity flow a lot easier, I do find. Oh, definitely pub. You know, <laughs> pub with a roaring fire, you know what I mean? Really mm. good roast dinner. Oh. You know what I mean? That's, that's, oh. you know, definitely, definitely. You hit the nail on the head there. And <laughs> I remember years ago, I was doing some writing. And I put on Twitter, literally just said, I've got through like two glasses of wine. And then you sent me a thing. It's like, remember, write drunk, edit sober. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yes. I like that mentality. <laughs> yeah. In moderation, people. So stay yes, safe. <laughs> yeah. Right. A scone or a crumpet? Scone. Yeah. The problem with a crumpet, right, is... The butter just seeps through for starters. So it's, it's probably the most unsatisfying baked product ever, I think. Yeah. Whereas with a scone, you see, you've got two bites there because you could either put it as one or you could have it in, you know, in, in two halves. You know, there's there's so many, many options that you can have with a scone to enjoy it, you mm. know. And it could be either breakfast, a snack, lunch or dinner if you want. Oh, you can, whatever, isn't it, really? Do you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. you want to do with it, yeah. Just dawned on me. How is it pronounced? Scone or scone? Uh, it's got to be scone, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, but I, I would imagine there are some people in the world who would say scone. I'm just going to go with, with scone, like, do you know what I mean? Mm. It just sounds nicer, scone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. A spa weekend or a weekend exploring? Oh, the, in this moment now, a in spa this moment. weekend. Yeah, yeah, spa weekend is a shot of doubt. <laughs> I absolutely love that, yeah. That is my, that's one of my vices, I think, yeah. So, Last one. Would you rather read a book or watch a film? Oh, God. <laughs> I say read a book. At yeah. this moment in time, read a book, yeah, because at the moment I'm, not, I'm finding um, I, I quite like the solitude. I know this is a ridiculous thing, but the solitude of reading a book. You know, when, when we watch films, especially in our house, we all sort of watch films together and it's like mm. clatter going on sometimes. And I've also got very... Oh, my patience for bad films and things. I've got, you know, just like, oh, 10 minutes. It's a 10 minute test, really. Yeah. And I can switch off pretty quickly. Whereas with a book, I, I really invest in a book. And I, yeah, so I would say that. Book. I suppose with a book, you can just like paint your own picture. At least then it's not there right in front of you. 
Oh, there have been, you know, again, I don't, I don't think you, if you get a really brilliant book that you can't put down, I think that's probably the best, best of times, really. Mm. I'm like that with any good book, any good film. It's just like, I'm sucked in. But like with a book, you can make your own um, choices. It's like, what would this person look like? What would this area look like? What's the journey sort of thing? So it's almost like you're reading a script, isn't it? Yeah, I, I love um, Anthony Horowitz and we like obsessed with him for a bit. And um, we were watching Magpie Mood magpie murders so they just did an adaptation actually anthony horowitz has done the adaptation for tv and we're watching that at the moment and it's brilliant how i think it's connor leith i think it is is playing the main part in it Hmm. and the casting is spot on it's exactly as you would imagine (laughs) it like so that's really clever i'm just two seconds my dog is trying to get out hold on you you crack on honestly i've had dogs join me on the show before it's quite hilarious (laughs) door open slightly for him so that he can no, oh, that's fine. When I was doing the recording with a previous guest, I mentioned about like all the arts cuts that the government have been made in over the years, and literally the dog just barked so loud. I'm like, oh, I didn't know your dog was political. <laughs> <laughs> Getting involved, like. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. If dogs were in the country, there'd be more funding for the arts. Just oh, saying. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, just put it out there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the meaty, juicy part that everybody loves, because who doesn't love a rant? Am I right? Yeah, here we go. As you have been on audition panels many a times before, this is going to be a metaphorical one today. So what is the first thing that has walked into our room and why do you want to reject it from our wonderful industry so much? I'll go for an easy one first. Go on. And that is eating and phones in an auditorium. I just, I cannot stand it. It's like, it's, I just don't understand why people can't just switch their phone off. Why can't yes. you just do that? It's and sometimes it's like even it's like an hour and ten minutes. Like you don't need to have your phone. And I'm obsessed with my phone. I'm always got my yeah. phone on. But that drives me around the bit. I find it so disrespectful. So ah, <laughs> oh, and I think it's because I think now people can actually text and watch telly and they just forget they're in they're in a different place. Theatre is very different to other art forms, mm. and I that really does wind me up. And eating, like I've been to see plays and people are like, it's, you know, like a really serious play and people are just, you know, passing the sweets along the line. Like I'm thinking, really? Is that really necessary? Nothing worse than when you're watching a really good musical, especially. And then it's like the show sealer. Like I'll take Wicked, for example, Defying Gravity. Everyone's waiting for that song. When you got people snacking or chatting or lights glaring, it's you've just ruined the moment, mate. I'm like, why are you even here? I know it's really strange. I suppose it's like I don't know what you can do about it, but I I just find it. We were just been opened the show now in um, Shirley Valentine in Zoa, and mm. um, the there's there's a wonderful woman there called Delith McLean, and she does the front of house sort of announcements, and because it's such a brilliant community venue. She just says it as it is like, and there's, and I, it's just fantastic the way she says, like, you know, no Instagramming, no WhatsApp, you know, all this going on. And she's just, she's just got it like, and I think yes. it does, it just needs people to, I think people don't do it out of, you know, malice or anything like that. I just think they forget where they are. Yeah. And I think if they actually realized how disruptive it is for that actor, especially if it's a one person show, you know, it's really distracting. It's really, yeah. really distracting. So, um. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but that really drives me round the bend, like, apps. And I'm like, it's like an illness for me. Mm. You know, I just want to speak to them and say, look, you know, sorry, can you just switch her off, like? 
as somebody who works as an usher in a theatre, I completely understand this. And it's, it's it's just a common pet peeve among not just performance-related industries or professions. It's everything. And I've had so many people... Rock of Ages came to the Grand Theatre before the pandemic hit. And there was a woman in the front row facebook live in the show i'm like why are you here you've paid prop like anywhere from 30 to maybe 60 pounds a ticket and you want to show everyone else one that is piracy two it's distracting for the performers three you're a knob please leave obviously i, I can't say that part which is annoying <laughs> but i'm like really come on yeah i know so that that would be my that would be definitely one to reject i just feel as if there needs to be a more I just think people need to know the etiquette of it. I don't think it's being snobby or anything, but you just, you know, it's not a film. It's not TV. You're not in your house. It's not Gogglebox. Yeah. You know, you're at the theatre and you're playing your part in it as well, you know, Mm. and it's... But with a film, nothing changes. It's like, oh, you can rewind and go back if you miss something. It's like, yeah, it's annoying, but like at least you could do it. But with a theatre, you can't do that. It's not like someone's reciting a scene now from Shirley Valentine and then it's like, oh, go back, I missed that. I'm like, I think as well, I think probably because, you know, musicals, I, you know, I don't go to see a lot a lot of musicals, but I, I, you know, I just hear, you know, like when you read in Twitter, people getting really cheesed off with people singing along with it. Mm. And, you know, it's like, because, and I think people there, I suppose the audiences are just used to like, we just want to get up on our feet and we want to dance. And, we, and I suppose there is that, you want that, energy to it but I think they forget then that it's like well we're in a play now mm. and this is a different thing again you know I don't know it's it's a time and a place for yeah, it isn't it? yeah definitely yeah it's like whenever someone goes to see a production of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat at the end they will encourage the people to clap and sing along to any dream will do and it's usually the same for any curtain call of a musical they'll well depending on the show I suppose but during a play especially i just think it's why like why have you spent all this money to come out and you just again like you say maybe not it's not out of malice or maliciously but what is the point when you want to come and get an experience like this that you won't get anywhere else and it's slightly off topic but when people say oh i can just watch the film version in the house yeah but there's a difference film medium is different to theater medium it's like you're getting a completely different experience you you can watch the same film over and over again, but like if you see a production, it could be the same show, but it might be a different company, might be different actors. You're getting a different experience. Even if you see the same cast and same production over two nights, you're going to get a different experience both times. Even just somebody having like a text message, bip, bip, bip. Oh, like, why yeah. didn't that for Just switch, you know, just, I don't, anyway, it's, it yeah. really drives me around. It's, it's, I know if there was a way of us making it, um, you know, banning phones. If there was a way of that, when you go into the theatre, that you basically put your phone mm. in the cloakroom. Yes. I'd be happy that. I, I think there was a show. I went to see a show in. Uh, I, I sounds like I'm like sort of some globetrotting director. I'm not. <laughs> cool, but I was in China and we were in Shanghai and I saw um, Punch Drunk's um, production out there, and we we had to hand in our telephones, and yes. I was like, you know, so I, I you know, I'm happy. I'm happy for that to happen you know just a little idea guys if you're refurbishing all Mm. of your seating area maybe in your seats like i can't think what they're called now have like a little drawer compartment under your seat 
you pop it in there. And then if you actually want to get your phone, you've actually got to be that disruptive person. It was like, oh, yeah. I'm trying to reach in. And then if someone complains about it, it's like, yeah, you're clearly being disruptive. So leave your phone. Yeah. And that no. might that might encourage people not to go in and out. Just an yeah. idea. Or you just say, you sort of, oh, you make an announcement saying, oh, there's, you know, we, we're using advanced tech technological things in this production which may damage your iphone or your phone so please keep your phone <laughs> ah yes yeah. i like just, that yeah so i'm gonna yeah try that out something i mean i'm all up for just being blunt with them in the um <laughs> in the things like ladies and gentlemen you're about to watch a production of shirley valentine by theater nanogue <laughs> in the event of an emergency your fire exits are on the left right <laughs> and at the back and if you do attempt to use your phone you're a knobhead and you'll be asked to leave <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> Again, yeah, this is why I don't. Dick. This is why I don't run a theatre. <laughs> yeah. I just think everybody feels the same about it. Do you know what I mean? Anybody who's been in theatre and been disrupted by it is just yeah. the most infuriating thing ever. So yeah, so that I know you can't stop people from taking snacks in and all that. And one of my colleagues has said, if you stop people from buying concessions uh, from or confectionery from the concession stand, then you will lose a lot of money. That is true, but time and a place. Have it for the interval. Have it when there's nothing going on on stage. But when you're on your phone, when you're eating, when you're slurping, no, be considerate for the other people. And please don't live stream filming productions on your phone. Why are you here? Again, not over that still. It's been like three years. <laughs> but- auditorium now empty because nearly all of the audience wanted to use their phones sorry about that guys and i'm sorry about losing ticket sales but that's a transition onto this next auditionee what is it that annoys you gainer what is coming into our room and is it on a personal level or is this a generalized uh thing you're gonna take anybody today? knows me knows i ramped on about this <laughs> the sick thing of especially as a welsh person at the creating theater mm. is our constant seeking a validation from England that we are good enough. Okay. I, I, it drives me mad that we, you know, granted, you know, probably the West End in London is probably one of the best places to perform. And I, I completely get that. But we have a different way here in Wales of producing theatre, of creating theatre, because we, I, I think I, it comes from the community I think it, there's there's something really interesting for me. Somebody said to me that we've got a, an incredible amateur scene, and the mm. amateur scene in Wales comes from a lot of you know workingmen's halls, those places that grew up around the industry and things yeah. where people really want to be part of a cultural vibe. And I think it's so strong that I sometimes think we need to serve those audiences. And so mm. for us, for me, then it's not really about. Oh my God, the Guardian's in. The Guardian's in. They're going to give us, you know, crap review or whatever. Who cares? Because actually, The Guardian is neither here nor there, or whoever is reviewing that show. It's, it's the people that basically earned their money and then basically have decided to spend 10, 15 quid on your show. Yeah. And it's this lack of consideration sometimes, I feel, that the priority isn't given to our audiences, but mm. given to people across the border who really couldn't give a monkey's what whatever we're producing here in Wales. And mm. I feel quite strongly about that. I feel that we should, it needs to be tipped on its head a little bit. I think that the majority of the work that is done in community halls and in community, you know, organizations, I feel is hitting the mark far more than perhaps other 
organizations that are looking constantly for validation across the border, really. And I think as well, I think we're very different here. I think, you know, geographically, we're very different. The way, mm. the way our theatre is run is very different. This, so I think we need to stop aping other countries and creating our own culture. So not trying to own... emulate what, like, other countries are doing is uh, yeah, what you're saying, more or less. Yeah, we've always done that. And I think we need to strike out alone, really, and mm. create a different, <laughs> a different way of, you know, what a national theater could be that's my big that's my really big bugbear really we're not a building but mm. we're not a building but we're not national theater scotland either you know yeah. we, we are extremely different as a country so that's one of my big bugbears i think and this i find it interesting now because i almost feel as if reviewers sorry i'm going off a little bit here no now, no you like, crack on you know reviews as well is very much now reviews are almost redundant because yeah. you've got Twitter so it's like everybody reviews now so the you know I remember somebody saying to me oh my god well, yeah but we had five stars in the Guardian and nobody's coming to see our show yeah because nobody reads the Guardian yeah nobody. and at the end of the day the person who wrote that review it's just one person it's not a consortium of people coming together saying oh I think um, we should um, give it this for this and that for that no it's just one person who has probably had a ticket bought for them at the end of the day not actually paid their hard-earned money to come and see the show and it's just like people are saying it's like oh we got a five star it's like from who Oh, from Johnny who lives in Carmarthen. I'm like, like, like. So what? Who cares? Yeah. So I think you know, for me, that's that's my that's one of my biggest, you know, if I had to reject is this this constant seeking of validation from England and from London, and and I don't. Um, yeah. So I'm not. Yeah, so my son has just arrived from school, but no. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, that would be my biggest rant, really. And also because I think that there's so many people who have spent years committed and, to, you know, dedicated to theatre in Wales. Mm. And they, you know, they just keep going and their resilience is, you know, the, you know, there's this big thing about how can we be more resilient? Well, if you look around, there's some people, have, these companies have been going for 30, 40 years. I think they have got resilience. And why isn't anybody asking them, how have you become so resilient? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the old saying that was around or it's kind of is still around like i had it a lot when i was in university a lot of people would say oh you can only make it as an actor if you go to london it's like well wh why is that it's like yeah london has a lot of drama schools and the west end of course like what you were saying earlier but w there is a scene in wales it's just like some people are afraid to e not exploit it but almost the sense like they think it's they've got this perception in the head. It's like, oh, it's not that big enough. I can't make a living off of it. It's like, well, there's loads of actors in Wales who have just made a living from jobbing around the Welsh region. It's like that territory sort of thing. It's like they haven't had to go to London or anything. No, and I think as well, I think it's about who do you want to serve, isn't it? Do you hmm. want to be, you can be self-serving and basically I just want to be a really successful actor and I want to go to London, West End, films, and that's absolutely fine. That's like, you know, but then there are other actors who basically just want to have a career, live, bring up a family, buy a house in Wales, stay in Wales and do yeah. that. And that, that is as valid as anything else in my book. So, mm. um, and I've worked with, you know, in, and again, you see, um, I get asked the question a lot, especially now with Shirley Valentine. Well, a few times, not a lot, but since <laughs> since we've been doing it, you know, the question people ask me is like, "Oh, why have you? Why did you cast Shelley Reese?" And I'm like, "Well, why not?" Or you know, because it's like there are so many talented actresses out there. Yes, absolutely. But so I'm going, you know, I'm picking Shelley. Like, 
Yeah. So it's it's about having a belief in in the talent that is here. And it, there are extraordinarily brilliant actors here who mm. just do not get they, you know, the the credit and the work they deserve because they are, you know, and I've been really lucky to have them in, you know, work with Nanorg and I've, you know, I've seen them absolutely knock it out the park night after night after night. And I'm always in awe of these people, you know, so mm. I think they deserve the work just as much as anybody else, really. And I just think that sometimes we need to be a little bit more imaginative with our casting as well. Yeah, it's almost falling back on the tired cliches of it's like for example when you pull in a big name or something like that for a show or like especially like i'll use wrestling as this example like everyone constantly complains about like the wwe always relying on the old timer wrestlers who are like famous from the 90s early 2000s and it's sort of the same regard here it's like where you see the same person in every single show it's like are they cast because they're good or because they're thinking oh everyone else is casting them so let's cast them but it's like, and that's not not saying against any actors who are in loads of different things at all. That's not what I'm no, saying no, no. at all. But it's just like from the perspective of the casting director, the theatre company, or whatever. It's just like, oh, cast them. They were in that thing last week. It's like, yeah, it's like you're not doing the work yourself. Like, yeah. So it's it's you no. Know, so that now that, that's my big. That's one of my big things. And I think it's, you know, we do need to seek our own identity here in Wales. And mm. um, we work differently. We've got a different language. We our audiences are different. Our audiences are really diverse as well. Yeah. You know, you look at audiences that are in Brecon compared to audiences that are in Rondekin and Tav, or, you know, they, they, there is a, you know, geographically they're different. And I think that's really important that we um, conserve those audiences, really. Overly concerned about getting a five star. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that your show is necessarily the best. It just means one person really enjoyed it that night. You know, when, when I was first starting out, I was like, you know, obsessed to be sort of recognised and things like that. Mm. And then I suppose, and, you know, I still got I still got an element of that without a shadow. I mean, I'm extremely competitive as well, but, um, <laughs> you know, let's be honest. But I think you've sort of got to sort of, you know, I've had to learn the hard way, really. Sometimes you just got to stand back and really recognise what's important for you, you know. And um, mm. if I don't get five stars in The Guardian... I don't get five stars in the garden. You know, the world isn't going to come off its axis, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it's difficult because you've got to, like, find your own worth. And I, I sometimes ask, in this industry, it's really difficult, really, mm. really difficult, you know? Especially um, when you're comparing yourself to, like, everyone else and what they're doing. That's where uh, people absolutely. fall into these traps and vices. Then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think you kind of get two points in there, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not that we're, like, tallying or anything, but it's, <laughs> it's companies not owning their heritage and not wanting to do their own thing and like trying to copy everyone else to an extent, especially in the Wales community, but yes. also the over-reliance on critics and reviews. Yes. If you're one of these people who is worried about, oh, no one's going to like this. I only got two stars. It's like, do you still like the piece? It's like, yeah, well, who cares? It's like, and then also if you're doing something and then you're trying to be not original or like you're not owning your identity or basically doing a paint by numbers production shall we say that just needs to get in the bin yeah and i think as well i think it's about knowing why you why you do it in the first place you know there's like you know it is an it's an incredible privilege to work in theater mm. and i think it's sort of 
And, and I think, I suppose as well, sorry, just for No, no, you crack on. I think, but that thing about you have like about 50, I don't know, 50, 60 people going, oh my God, that was an amazing, like, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. And then you just have one person going, yeah, I wasn't sure about that character in that. Ah, oh. and of course you're going to just, you know, you're well just going to focus on that. Yeah. It takes a lot of discipline to change that mindset, like, you know. Um, of course. And I've had to really, you know, I've had to really, you know, give myself a good talking to sometimes, you know. So, um, well, so yeah. Everyone yeah. has, joined from my own experiences, like, I keep thinking to myself, it's like, oh, I should be doing more. I should be doing this. It's like, I'm telling myself, hang on, I'm in a job paying bills at the moment. I don't want to stay there forever. But, like, if I keep working, I could save and then I can take some time then to work on my own craft then. So, again, everyone has to remember it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gaynor, what has given a terrible performance in your opinion and why do you resent this so much? Mm, I've got, I've, I actually have written a few others more than, you know, so I'm just trying to pick out now which is the one. I, again, technically say, you're all in your third point, so we could go for an encore <laughs> yeah, after this. So <laughs> It's basically greedy. Um, <laughs> oh, all right, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go for the lack of theatre in schools in comprehensive schools oh okay interesting yeah I like over the years I have seen that diminish like I remember when I first started out we would tour to comprehensive schools with shows mm. and as the curriculum got packed schools were just saying like we just haven't got time to allow a theatre company to come in and I do know there are lots of like Arad Gore going to schools um, Brown Wen and you know there's there are companies that do that but I think that demise of those theatre and education companies that would tour schools mm. all over the country because I think the majority of children don't get that opportunity to see live performance professional live performance in their school hall yeah and yeah you know you're in your nine you're in your ten you're thinking ah oh, I could well do without this but for some kids that could be the key to unlocking so many things for them, not just in drama, but how they empathize, how they understand the world around them. Mm. And I just feel like it's interesting now with the new curriculum in Wales being based on creativity um, and how that's going to go across all subjects. I think it's easier for that to work in primary schools, but I think in comprehensive schools, there's going to be a real challenge for, you know, subjects to sort of see how they can bring the creative thread through and how they can teach in a creative way it's a massive change for them I think and I I just hope that as theatre companies in Wales we can assist and support that but for the for the those teachers to reach out as well you know um yeah and yeah. see the value in it because I think I wonder whether you know because I think it's probably vanished from a lot of schools that they don't have any they were, perhaps they don't take drama GCSE or whatever. They don't even have the subject in their school. Mm. But also they don't have theatre companies coming into the school to, to do a piece of theatre or whatever. And I sometimes think that that's perhaps has been the the reason for bad behaviour in theatres because they do not know yeah. how to behave in front of someone who is, and especially in school halls, you know, you're basically performing about, I don't know, five feet away from someone. They're actually, I've seen some dreadful performances in schools but I've also seen some amazing amazing moments where children are hot seating a character that they are they are studying for a set text or whatever yeah and you know you may say oh well you know you're going around with this you know WJC set text well that's an easy win it may well be an easy win 
but it's needed. The school yeah. need that to perhaps bring that book for some kids. Some kids can pick up a book and it can be brought to life really easily for them. For other mm. children, it's not as easy. And I think it could give them a spark to go, oh, do you know what? I absolutely love that book by Steinbeck. You know, I think that was, yeah. you know, for a 14 year old to be embroiled in a story like of mice and men or whatever it may be is is and if theatre can theatre can definitely do that i just feel that we we've lost that i think in wales and i mm. it, it was definitely when i first started out in professional theatre was definitely the jewel in the crown and we lost it and i i think it's something it's 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 a tragedy and i think this is this is something else as well you know you know, it goes back to like, oh, I never go to the theatre. You know, I got a venue down the road. You know, it's my community theatre. Yeah, but I don't go there. Well, it'll go. It'll yep. vanish. Yeah. You know, this it is that thing. You know, use it or lose it, and it will. It will happen. You know, and it it it'll have a detrimental effect. I think. And um, but I'm hoping that with this new curriculum that the Welsh government are bringing in, it'll rejuvenate the impact live theatre can have on young people. What's the new curriculum? I don't think I've heard about this. The new curriculum that comes in, I think it's in now already, but it's basically based on a creative curriculum. So you're looking at the creative arts, interweaving all subjects, so right across geography, physics, every subject has to have a creative yeah. end to it, really. And so from our point of view, it, it, like in primary schools, primary schools are all over this already. We, mm. you know, we're already, you know, what's interesting is that there's nothing new in it for us because it's what we've been doing for years and years and years. Yeah. However, in comprehensive schools, it's quite difficult to take a take a group of say physics students off off subject when they've got to get them ready for exams mm. to think of it in a creative, you know, try and you know think creatively about it. But it's in everything, isn't it? You know what yeah. I mean? It is in physics. It's in maths. You know, you got music and all those the artistic elements run right through that you know so mm. you know it's quite an exciting time but it's whether it's resourced well enough and whether um we can with the arts council of wales support those schools if that was in school when i was there i think really. i would have learned a lot more and thrived in a lot more subjects because like that's just how i learn through like a visual means of education and to emphasize your point a little more i remember when i was in primary school i think the reason why i'm so fascinated by history now is because there was a touring in education company that came in it was two actors a uh, husband and wife played all the roles uh, one production was about henry the and his six wives and then the next one was about the evacuation during World War II. And I was, ever since seeing those performances, I was just fascinated by these historical events. So again, theatre has got me interested in something I probably wouldn't have been interested in if I hadn't seen it through that medium. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's it's, the, it's just fascinating, isn't it, how a young audience can link onto a character and see themselves in that character and mm. realise, oh, my story is as is worth something then my you know if they especially if they see they, themselves characterized in a play they can yeah. go I, I i absolutely understand so you you are you you're reevaluating and you're evaluating yourself then as you're watching it so i think there's, there's so much so much power to it but i i that is my biggest peeve is that with it's not it's very difficult for us as a company it's extremely difficult for us to get into a comprehensive school to do a play really yeah. difficult you know yeah, because like obviously the curriculum isn't um, asking for it at the moment, and then obviously no. there's not enough funds for that. And then obviously people have put this uh, stamp on things, or theatre's not essential. Well, it kind yeah, of is, though. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And I think it's just, and I, you know, it's because teachers are, are like 
so strung out about getting you know the kids through exams it's like it's it's mm. all about those league tables it's all about and it's you know it's it is the way of the world really but I think if they could just see if just for a moment that what we can bring into the school could be of value to them yeah um, and also for children to come out as well I think you know that's the other thing is is that majority of children that come to see our productions in the autumn in primary mm. school would not have had any theatre experience at all would never have seen it so they come for the first time and that is such um it's a real humbling experience when you see these children walk out then and they're yeah. just buzzing with that story and with those um those performances you know so yeah yeah i've sort of turned it into from a peeve into like <laughs> a rallying cry i think yeah no i i get you it's almost like you're rejecting the concept that there isn't any performances in comprehensive school and there needs to be which again we want to recall the concept so in a way you're rejecting one thing but also adding a solution so that makes sense again this is why theater should be included in the curriculum and like you say more touring companies should be approached about doing pieces because that's how people learn sometimes yeah it's it's, you know i think there's like we used to do a production when i was a stage manager about careers you know yeah that's a really oh that looks a dull dull project it was absolutely brilliant because it's like it's not there's not just one journey for everybody you know going into you know whatever you want to do it's like you know there is this sort of standard of like GCSEs A levels university but not everybody's going to follow that pattern and so it's it's what you need to do is just highlight to young people that actually it doesn't matter what journey you go down to as long as you you you've fulfill your potential I suppose yeah you know or try to do that you know and how you do that is there's there's a variety of ways of getting that through you know and theater the driest of subjects theater can actually really um just elevate it really yeah. really quickly and very very easily because you could tell a story through different mediums like it doesn't have to be a straight drama or comedy it could be in a Harold Pinter style absurdist piece it could be uh I don't know like something like Dali like something influenced by that there's loads of different ways you can do a performance and loads you can get out of it like I've seen performances where there's been no dialogue but I've it said so much that it could have if it had a million lines of dialogue yeah it's, I, I saw something recently I say recently, before pandemic. Um, <laughs> Again, they all blend um, into one. So 2019, yeah, yeah. 2022. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. Um, which was Forum Theatre. And that was just, the you know, I've never done that. I've, I've never done anything like that. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't know how to do it either, I think. Hmm. Um, but it was absolutely brilliant. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, the power of that was phenomenal, really. And that was with adults, actually. And I was just like, oh, if you can do that, that's... The, the acting quality and the way they could improvise on spot was just yeah. phenomenal, really. Forum theatre, for people who may not be aware, I th- is correct me if I'm wrong, Gaynor, is that the sort of like thing you have a short performance done for you, then somebody um, asks a question, somebody puts their hand up, and then they're asked to get up in the space? Yeah. and how would you change it? How would you change that? Yeah. The way that person's behaves or whatever, you know, what would you do? And, you know, and then, you know, you've got the audience then basically saying, oh, well, I think he should have done this. Okay, then well, let's rewind it. Let's do it again. And mm. honest to God, I've never seen anything so brilliant in my life. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, really good. Really, yeah. really good. A couple of people in my year group when I was at Trinity, they did it as one of their final projects. And I was like, oh, okay, this is an interesting way of looking at things. Like, obviously, and even those who don't like performing, it's a great way for them to just open up and show people how they would do it. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's the thing you see is that there are so many um, methods of educating and entertaining. You know that I think mm. it's it's we should be really open to those those um, different different ways of working. Really, mm. when people say school is an outdated formula, yes, I agree with it because schools were basically invented to get you ready to go work in a factory, and it just hasn't really evolved. So that's what I reject because, like, things do need to evolve. That's why I think the fact that there's no theatre companies in comprehensive schools, like you say, Gina, needs to get rejected. And we need to bring some in. Just get them in there. Teach teach whatever message you want to say. Get it across and then teach people. And, again, going back to a previous point, teach people how to behave in an audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's an idea. If you want to take a show to a school, have the actors – act as the audience watching the audience showing them how to act yeah exactly but not actually acting yeah in a forum forum theater way yeah yeah brilliant yeah <laughs> i'll copyright that now yeah, run and run. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting a cheeky encore here people so gain out what's the final little thing we want to get in because i know you're strapped for time so i don't want to keep you uh, longer than you need to People, this is a really quick one then. So people that eat in auditions that come oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> like who does that? Who does that? If yeah, music that's... be the food of love, no, it was that tikka masala sandwich you had, mate, and it's not yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, and chewing gum and things like that. Like, why would you do that? Why would you? Yeah, so that would be definitely do not eat. Have your lunch or your breakfast before and then come in. Can you think of any experiences at the top of your head where you've had an actor do that? Obviously, you don't have to name names, but... Oh, I've had an actor come in and eat a banana <laughs> in front of us. Oh, and God. Like, and it's like, oh, this is like naff-like. You know, I, I like people being relaxed and things like that, but it has to have some sort of, you know, it's just like, why are you, why are you doing that, you know? It has to be professionalism and a balance. Yeah, it's just like a little bit disrespectful, I felt. And, um, it, you know very rarely would we get that you know what mm. i mean but um yeah that that was that was pretty dire when they left the room we just went what's that about you know what <laughs> i mean as if you're going to an interview eating a banana yeah it's well if, if the shoe was on the other foot then it would kind of be kind of disrespectful it's like if the casting directors or whoever's auditioning you and they're just eating their lunch and then you're doing a speech you're constantly going to be thinking well they're not really listening to me are they it's kind of the same thing it's like well you haven't you're not showing us respect so why should we show you respect it's going back almost to the audience with the phones and eating sweets isn't it yeah i've got it, this thing about it do you know what I mean? oh yeah. honestly it's just so distracting it's like you're there yeah. to do a job eat beforehand and then eat afterwards don't eat yeah. in the audition. I, I wouldn't have the guts to do that, I don't think. <laughs> Although, to be bizarre, fair, if, if that was me, I'd kind of pull it in a generous way. It's like, do you want a mini egg? <laughs> 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 At least then you're being considerate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Share but, in like. Yeah. Nice and easy, quick one. If you're eating during an audition, guys, make sure you do it beforehand. Otherwise, Good you're shit one. Next. <laughs> That concludes this round of auditions, this time on the Reject or Recall podcast. Gina, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's been lovely talking to you. And before before you go, is there anything that you would like to plug at this moment in time? Uh, you mentioned about Chili Valentine and a couple of other productions you may want to plug at this point. So the stage is yours, as they say. 
Yeah, I, I would say, you know, surely, because that's on the road at the moment. We've had like amazing response, you know, ticket sales. Like we sold it in Cardiff, Gallery in Carnarvon. And we just heard today that Vellenbach sold out, you know, so it's just doing brilliantly. And I'm really chuffed. But I, I would say that if you are a Welsh learner mm. and you're thinking, oh, I don't think my Welsh is good enough, honestly, now you will have an absolutely brilliant night because you, you will get um, absorbed by mm. the performance of Shelley Riso and she's outstanding in it. So, and we've got, there's like an app that we have that basically can give you the synopsis and the gate of other vocab and stuff. So, you know, you won't be on your own at yeah. all. So I'd love, I'd love to get more learners to come in, come to see it. But the next, our next production in the summer is a prog rock musical um, with Aberystwyth Art Centre called Operation Julie. So that oh, wow. is going to be, yeah, that's my own, my next production. Yes, I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. And where could people find uh, Theatre Nanorg on social media and anyways, like, um, is it just Theatre Nanorg or? Yeah, I think it is Theatre Nanorg on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And then we've got a website as well. So please just come along and visit, you know, and sign up to the mailing list and things. You'll get to know all the news and stuff. Oh, there we are then. And again, if you're a creative or an actor, send them an email. You might get lucky to be in the audition room. But just remember this one tip. Donate during your audition and you might actually get considered. <laughs> but, brilliant thank you very much thank no you. worries and like i said guys if you want to listen to more episodes you can uh, check us out on spotify google podcasts podbean and apple podcasts and we're also on social media at the reject or recall podcast send us your questions send us your stories send us maybe some stories about people eating in the audience and why that should be rejected even further <laughs> but have a lovely day guys and gainer thank you so much take care guys okay. Okay. Bye-bye.